MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, March 15th, 2021. Today, the Army is reviewing the investigation into Michael Flynn's dealings with Russia. The FBI has already briefed Merrick Garland on the insurrection investigation. Biden has ended another one of the former guy's cruel border policies. The badge of a Capitol Police officer named Michael Fanone has been found buried in the backyard of a Buffalo insurrectionist. Laura Trump has been caught stealing from a dog charity. Cy Vance is seeking to extend the statute of limitations against the former guy because of his time in the White House. Biden enlists FEMA to assist with unaccompanied minors at the border. The U.S. shattered its daily vaccine record this past Saturday. And Biden is considering history-making nominees to the federal bench. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, welcome back. Did you have a good weekend? Did you have a fun time? I did, A.G. It was a good weekend. It was a, a peaceful weekend. Um, yeah, it was nothing Nothing horrible happened, and <laughs> that makes me happy. I feel isn't that, that horrible that that's the bar right now. Nothing bad happened, so everything's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say that, you know, I, I've been reading the news for a few years now, and instead of my intro of headlines being full of absolutely terrifying horror, mm-hmm. uh it's now either trying to figure out the horror or, you know, the past horror or talking about great things that are happening right now. So it's definitely a huge shift in the news. And um, there's a lot of really good things going on. The the United States shattered its daily vaccine record. We had 4.5 million shots in arms on Saturday. That's huge. Uh, Amazing. That's magnificent. And, um, Jen Budd is going to join us later. She's um, a former Border Patrol agent, intelligence specialist, and immigrant rights activist. And we're going to be talking about some propaganda video that's being made that actually that CNN actually put out. Um, very disturbing stuff. And we're going to talk about this manufactured crisis at the border uh, and what the real crisis is. And then, uh, of course... Everyone, thank you. We we had to take Thursday off from the stereo app because Biden delivered his first primetime address, which was amazing. And uh, so we appreciate everyone's patience with that. We didn't want to interrupt those comments. We felt a lot of people were going to want to watch that. Pretty much a fireside chat, which is what happened. Yeah, it was um, very comforting. Um, very awesome. It's just so nice to have an empathic, like compassionate man in the White House. I will say this time and again, he is the right guy for the job right now. He just is. Yeah, right guy, right time. But we will be back on the Stereo app live um, on what, Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. I'll be doing it with Andrew, um, the Stereo app, on Tuesday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. I hope everyone has... Uh, wound their clocks or whatever. <laughs> I'm so I friggin hate daylight saving time. I think we should end it. It needs to go away. It's this was also something that was created during slave times. This needs to go away. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and it's it's just dumb. We need to be on standard time. I'm team standard time. I know that a lot of people are calling for t- like permanent daylight saving time. I I think we should stick with and the science shows it's better for us um health-wise to stick with standard time. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I know that there are a lot of, uh, it's a bipartisan thing that that might happen this year. We'll see. Um, I was so laughing, though, because Kirsten Cinemas on Twitter, like, hey, just another reminder, Arizona doesn't have to touch their clocks. And I'm like, maybe now's not the time to be bragging about things, huh? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you just voted down minimum, you just voted down $15 minimum wage. So, ooh. Maybe you can change it an hour. <laughs> We're going to watch. We'll put forward a bill to eliminate uh, eliminate daylight saving time. She'll come down and dramatically vote no on it. Like it has anything to do with Arizona. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, everyone, the lead story today is about our good friend, Russian asset and QAnon trader Michael Flynn. This is from the Washington Post. The Defense Department's internal watchdog has concluded a long-delayed investigation into Flynn. Uh, That's according to defense officials who spoke out Friday, sending its findings to the Army in a case that could bring tens of thousands of dollars in financial penalties for the former guy's first national security advisor. 
The investigation focuses on Flynn's acceptance of money from Russian and Turkish interests before joining the Trump administration, a potential violation of the Constitution's Emoluments Clause. With few exceptions, U.S. officials, including retired service members like Flynn, are prohibited from accepting money or gifts from foreign governments. Flynn retired from the Army as a three-star general in 2014. The inspector general's investigation, opened in April of 2017, was put on hold for more than three years amid a broader scandal that included a criminal investigation of Flynn by the Justice Department, you may remember, (laughs) part of what would become the investigation of Trump's first presidential campaign and Russian interference in the 2016 election led by former FBI director Robert Mueller. After Trump's pardon, the Justice Department gave approval for the Defense Department Inspector General to resume its investigation, and that's according to uh, Dorena K. Allen, a spokeswoman for Acting Inspector General Sean O'Donnell. The watchdog's office closed its investigation one week after the Biden administration took office and forwarded its findings to the Army. Quote, on January 27, 2021, we closed our investigation, uh, et cetera, et cetera, on the Acting Secretary of the Army. We've sent it to the Acting Secretary of the Army for review and appropriate action. Uh, Defense Department guidelines warn that it may pursue debt collection if a retired service member does not secure approval to accept foreign payments before doing so. Collection due to an emoluments violation is capped at no more than what the individual made in retirement pay during a period of unauthorized employment. Flynn's retirement pay is more than ten grand a month. <laughs> Whoopsie. Way. Flynn's lawyer, Sidney Powell, did not provide comment. <laughs> Probably for the best for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and some insurrection updates for you, right? Merrick Garland was read in on the insurrection investigation and briefed by the FBI on his first day on the job. And the Department of Justice has unsealed charges against a Buffalo man who allegedly assaulted a D.C. police officer and hid his ba- buried his badge in his backyard. So odd. I know. He, FBI agents have identified Thomas Sibick of Buffalo as one of the rioters who allegedly participated in the attacks against um, Officer Michael Fanone. You'll remember he was the guy with the tattoos and the beard that mm-hmm. was um, being interviewed quite a bit there um, shortly after the attacks. Sibick allegedly admitted to grabbing the officer's badge and radio, then stated he was trying to help the officer and claims that the badge was coming off. <laughs> when he was reaching for him. So he's just catching it for him, right? And then I'm just going to keep it and bury it in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no bigs. Yeah. ABC News tells Seven Eyewitness News that Civic arrested Friday and ordered, he was ordered released on bond. So he was let out to Systems of Justice. Uh, the Department of Justice is now making an emergency appeal seeking his detention pending trial. That's according to ABC News. So that's what's going on. Yeah, he basically took he said at first he, he said, oh, I, I had his badge and I threw it away. And then he's like, OK, I, I have it. And then he returned it to the FBI in a plastic bag covered in mud. He had to dig it up out of his backyard. There's just so many strange things about that. Why did he bury it in the backyard for one instead of getting rid of it? Two, why didn't he clean it? When he, he brought it out, instead of just like putting it in a bag full of dirt, the whole thing is very odd. But I guess obviously there's something not right about him in the first place. Yeah, I think he kept the badge as a trophy at his house. Sure. And then when he found out that he was being investigated, he buried it to try to hide it. And then he was like, I can't hide it. They'll find it. And uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but why not clean it off and, and just lie about having buried it? He's just dumb. That's so strange. Um, it's so interesting because I'm always, when I see the, the um, Trump children, the boys especially, I'm like, how could anyone be married to them? And then this explains it because they're also horrible people. Uh, a dog rescue charity with links to Laura Trump, who is married to Eric, <laughs> I don't understand, um, <laughs> has spent as much as $1.9 million at the former guy's properties over the last seven years and will drop an additional quarter million at Mar-a-Lago Country Club this weekend. Now, according to a permit filed with the town of Palm Beach, Florida, Big Dog Ranch Rescue estimates it will spend $225,000 at the club where the former guy has taken up full-time residence since leaving the White House. Now, all the profit from that those spending wins are going in his pocket. So the IRS filings showed that the group has spent as much as $1.8 million on fundraising costs, fundraising costs at Mar-a-Lago and Trump's golf courses, 18 miles north in Jupiter, starting in 2014. Laura Trump, as I said, the wife of Eric, <laughs> started being uh, listed as the chairwoman for the charity events in 2018. Huh. Isn't that interesting? And the group's president, Lawrence Simmons, visited the White House in 2019 for the signing of a bill addressing animal cruelty. So last Friday night, 
Simmons issued a statement defending her association with Laura Trump, who is described as a great advocate of dogs. Well, that might explain the marriage to Eric and her use of Donald's properties. So this, that's, the, that's the dog charity. She married exactly. Eric Trump. That's, that explains the relationship. So this is a quote. The quality of service, beauty of the venue, an excellent rate provided at, to us as a nonprofit, as well yeah, as the generosity of support. Quarter of a million dollars. Just yeah. super great rates there. At, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, they're also giving credit to the, the generosity of supporters who sell out our event there every year allows us to rescue and home thousands of dogs. Our investment there and other venues mentioned in the article has netted more than $12 million over an eight-year period, which allows us to continue our mission. That's what Simmons said. Okay, ha- wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. I'm going to do a little envelope math here, which means I'm opening my calculator on my iPhone. Yeah. We've got $12 million over eight years. That's $1.5 million a year. And last year mm-hmm. they spent 1.8 million mm-hmm. so they're spending more than they're making interesting okay yeah by about thirty thousand dollars three three million a year a three year million. yeah for the last uh, no no three hundred thousand you're right you're right you're right yeah okay all right my goodness yeah so yeah, you know whatever it's a math math who hasn't taken math from trump university right that's right. where everyone got their math skills trump university <laughs> She tries to couch it in, we've made over $12 million in an eight-year period. And, 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 uh, yeah, well, numbers are Hindu-Arabic, so no wonder they're scared of them. <laughs> yeah, because according to those numbers, you've spent over, I mean, almost $13 million, which is, you know... Okay. Anyway, um, they obviously asked uh, Simmons for um, a a response. She did not respond to the question of why she was putting money into the pocket, because obviously this is a big deal now. You know, it's fine. Let's skip. Forget about Laura Trump. We understand why she might be doing this. But Simmons said uh, that she didn't actually want to respond to the questions of why she was putting money into the pocket of someone who, as we know, tried to overturn, I don't know, the elections of a result. He lost and of course, who uh, incitement led to the deaths of three police officers and injuries to 140 more. So it's very interesting that such a reputable nonprofit with, would work with such a horrible human being. Yeah. I've been caught stealing once when I was 45. <laughs> I enjoy stealing. Or, or, or. It's just as simple as that. Perfect song for this. Okay. Uh, yeah, so um, Cancer Kids, uh, Dog Rescue. Yeah. Wherever they can, uh, where they can veterans. steal money from. Yeah, veterans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is good news. Uh, former guy and his time in the White House helped shield him from investigations and some lawsuits, but it might actually open him up to greater legal peril <laughs> from New York prosecutors in uh, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Prosecutors there. Uh, are using a section of New York criminal procedure law that they successfully applied in their sexual assault case against Harvey Weinstein to charge him with earlier conduct. And that's according to people familiar with the matter. A lot of people give Vance a lot of guff for not going after Weinstein, but forget that he actually did end up going after Weinstein and got a conviction and he went to prison for it. Um so basically what's going on here, this section of the, law, of the law allows for an extension of the statute of limitations when a defendant has been out of state continuously. Since Trump was sworn into office in January 2017, he spent very few days in New York, which means prosecutors could effectively add that time to the clock and investigate earlier conduct. So let's say the felony tax fraud statute of limitations in New York is two years mm-hmm. and out of four years let's say Trump spent half a year in New York. That means they can add three and a half years to the statute of limitations and charge him for crimes going back five and a half years. Make sense? Makes total sense. (laughs) And it sounds like precedent to me. (laughs) So since Trump was sworn into office in January of 2017, like I said, he spent very few days in New York. And while that would likely apply only to the former president, legal experts tell CNN that prosecutors also benefit from an executive order that Cuomo issued last March that paused the clock on the statute of limitations to address the coronavirus pandemic's impact on the New York court system. So you can go ahead and uh, add another another year year. to that (laughs) if you needed to, right? The executive order could give prosecutors another several months worth of conduct by the Trump organization and its employees to investigate. Yet 
this is uh, just another glaring sign that Vance is not going to drop this case. I know a lot of people think he could. We don't know if he's going to or not. Uh, but as a matter of fact, Ann Milgram, former New Jersey attorney general, told Jane Mayer at The New Yorker that she believes Pomerantz, that former U.S. attorney that Vance brought on the team, mm-hmm. was hired to bridge the transition to the new district attorney when because there's going to be an election this year. Who else thought that? Who else thought that? Um, It was me. That's right. I said it weeks ago. (laughs) The primaries are in June for this election, and the election is in November. Now, Jane Meyer also said that people familiar with the investigation say Vance is going to make a decision on whether to charge the case or not before he leaves office. Pomerantz is said to be conducting most of the interviews of witnesses now. Uh, So buckle up. As I've said, I personally have beans on charges being filed Uh, And that they'll come, I think, before the end of April, latest. Could be end of March. I would love to see that. Absolutely love to see it. What a lovely spring gift that would be. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have any proof of that. (sighs) Right. uh, Other than the fact that he's been expanding the case, widening it, stayed through the Mazar Supreme Court thing twice, Mm -hmm. got the documents, hired a forensic accountant team uh, to look over those documents, millions and millions of documents, hired Pomerantz. Like, this doesn't seem like a case he's going to decide not to charge. Now, you know, truth to the truth of the matter is he could get all the evidence in paper against Trump and look at it and say, I can't charge a crime here. Right. I seriously doubt that's going to happen. I seriously and, doubt that's going to happen, too. And if we take it to the worst case scenario where we get cl- like he doesn't make a decision, he gets close to the election, like come in October and he's like, I've decided now I'm not going to charge Trump or the Trump organization or Don Jr. or Ivanka or Eric or, any, or anybody or Weisselberg. Then the new DA can always pick that case back up. There's no double jeopardy law. That person would be read in by Pomerantz, who would most likely still be there at the office uh, helping on this case. And so don't, you know, I know everyone's like doesn't trust Vance, but I think I think good things are going to happen. Good things. When I say good things, I mean justice. Yeah, (laughs) I think so, too. I, I still believe that it will move forward. Um, Now, this last one's from BuzzFeed. Uh, This is from BuzzFeed News. The former guy in federal court, um, President Donald Trump's federal court nominees were overwhelmingly white men, as we know, with experience as prosecutors or corporate lawyers. An experience I wish I could put in quotes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) President Joe Biden has pledged to tap more diverse slates of nominees in his administration is is vetting some potentially history-making candidates. So as early as next week, the White House is expected to announce U.S. District Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson as Biden's nominee for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. That's sources said that would happen. And this is either for newly confirmed Attorney General Merrick Garland's seat or for a second vacancy that opened up shortly after Biden took office. Yes, so Jackson, a former federal public defender in Washington, D.C., and served on the U.S. Sentencing Commission before becoming a judge, she would be the third black woman to serve on that court. Biden has vowed to nominate a black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court if the opportunity arises. That's nice to hear as well. And I also can think of a couple people I would love to see go. Uh, Jackson has, for the years, been considered a frontrunner for the Supreme Court under Democratic administration and a spot on the powerful D.C. Circuit, historically a springboard to the Supreme Court which um, would further cement that status. So a source who requested anonymity to speak about the confidential vetting process said that they received a call from FBI background checkers in recent weeks about Jackson. Hmm. The FBI typically doesn't specify what position a candidate is being vetted for, but the source said the call was a sign the White House was moving forward with Jackson's nomination for the D.C. Circuit. This was a very smart thing for the Biden administration to do, um, AG, and we talked about that. Merrick is older, and having him in the AG position and having his lifetime seat filled with someone younger is a very smart move for this administration. So for the federal district court in Washington, D.C., the White House is vetting D.C.-based attorney Abid Qureshi. Abid Qureshi? 
Uh, Fox, uh, that's BuzzFeed's news has learned Qureshi, a partner at the law firm of Latham and Watkins would be the first Muslim federal judge nominated by a president. There are a handful of Muslim Americans serving as federal magistrate judges who are appointed by the court where they serve. Now, Qureshi was nominated for the same DC court in 2016 by former president Barack Obama, but the Senate led by Mitch McConnell, never acted on that, and Trump did not renominate him. Uh, shocking, I'm sure. Uh, Qureshi did not return a request for comment on Thursday. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and I have to say, when I read this story, I was actually shocked that this would be the first Muslim American Indeed. Uh, nominated for the, a, a federal bench, for the federal bench. That's... Hmm. Yeah. History making nominations. And, and we knew you know, Joe Biden was saying after, you know, before Merrick Garland was nominated, when we were talking about this, if Merrick Garland stepped down, there was a vacancy coming up on, on the D.C. Circuit Court uh, that we, uh, you know, he had said he, he had planned on nominating a woman of color and a woman of color to the Supreme Court. And so, yeah, like you like you said, and like this story outlines, mo- you know, a lot the, the the D.C. Circuit Court is where a lot of our Supreme Court justices come mm-hmm. from. So. This is really incredible, very important, and uh, a long time coming. Indeed. All right, everybody. Yeah. We're going to be back with uh, Jen Budge. She's been on the show before. She's been on Mueller. She wrote in the Daily Beans. She's an immigrant rights activist, former Border Patrol agent, intelligence specialist, and and just all-around incredible person, whistleblower. And we're going to talk about some some of the stuff, this manufactured border crisis, and some of these propaganda videos that have been displayed on CNN of all places. Um, Very disheartening. And uh, her and I are going to discuss that after the break. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Plush Care. Dealing with everything over the past year has been very difficult, and it shows us our health is very important. It should be our number one priority. And in 2021, it's going to be crucial to be able to see a doctor when you're not feeling well. And that's why I use Plush Care. Plush Care provides primary and urgent health care through virtual appointments. And scheduling an appointment, even for the same day, is a breeze. I just pick a slot that works for me, click, click, and I'm booked. So I don't waste time on holders sitting in a crowded waiting room, which is dangerous right now. With my Plush Care membership, I can see my doctor from the comfort of my own home. And with Plush Care, I get diagnosed, treated, and even have prescriptions sent to my local pharmacy if needed, all within minutes. And if I have any questions before or after my visit, I can send unlimited messages to my care team anytime. And Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers, and it's available in all 50 states. And with how difficult things are, if you're feeling anxious, depressed, or stressed... Uh, you know, Plush Care doctors are here to help by discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions as needed. I can tell you personally, my Plush Care experience has been wonderful. Signing up is easy. It's very user-friendly. It only takes a minute. And it's just as easy to schedule an appointment. The entire process has been convenient. And I was immediately comfortable and felt confident with my doctor because all Plush Care doctors graduated from one of the top 50 medical schools in the country, and they're all highly rated by their patients. So I have peace of mind that I'm getting the highest quality health care. Plush Care makes it easy for me to get the excellent care I need when I need it. With Plush Care, I don't put off seeing a doctor, and neither should you. No more excuses. Says, make your appointment today. Go to plushcare.com slash daily beans. That's P L U S H C A R E dot com slash daily beans. Plushcare.com slash daily beans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So, as we know, and as I've been discussing over the past few weeks or since Biden took office, actually, the past 10 weeks, Biden has taken significant steps to reform Trump's very cruel border policies, where cruelty was the point, right? And, and here's some of the things he's done. This is including but not limited to shutting down long-term family detention centers because Trump was housing families up to 20 days, and now it's down to 72 hours, ending the public charge rule, ending the deportation of caregivers for unaccompanied children. And now Biden is sending FEMA to assist with unaccompanied minors. But the Republicans in the media seem hell-bent on depicting some kind of crisis at the border. And joining us today to discuss it is former senior Border Patrol agent and intelligence expert turned whistleblower, and she's also immigrant rights activist, Jen Budd. Jen, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to have you back on. I think the last time you were on, I think it was Mueller. She wrote it might have been the Daily Beans, but it was definitely in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was pre it was pre pandemic because you were here in the studio. But I'm I'm very glad to speak to you today because you have a lot of expertise on this matter. And I was hoping we could first talk about this manufactured border crisis. And, and and I wanted to do it by the numbers as well, because we're used to seeing these manufactured border crises by 
the former guy administration, right? That you know the the caravans are coming, they're bringing disease and uh, and terrorism and et cetera, crime and whatnot. Right. But now it seems like the media is kind of getting in on on the action, and I I was hoping you could talk a little bit about what we're hearing about what's going on at the border and how true that is. You know, uh, most of what we're hearing, especially from the Texas area, is they, they are saying that Border Patrol agents are overwhelmed. They just absolutely, uh, they say, well, we can't do our job with all these people crossing illegally. But here's something that a lot of people might not know, including Border Patrol agents, is that when an asylum seeker crosses the border, it does not matter in particular to the law because asylum seekers are not required to enter. I shouldn't say they're not required to enter illegally, but where they enter is not considered uh, an issue in the law because they are running for their lives. The fact is, is that the Border Patrol agent's job is also to process and assist asylum seekers. So that is part of their job. That's the first thing. Um, but secondly, as is, is I go back to 19, around 1995, 1996, when I was an agent, we had less than or around 5,000 agents on the southern border. We didn't have all the great cameras and equipment that they have today. And the apprehensions were uh, 1.5 million for that year, for that fiscal year. And so that's roughly about 125,000 people uh, apprehended every month. And in the last five months, CBP just put out their reports. They said that Border Patrol apprehended in five months 70,000 uh, migrants crossing in between the ports. But they had 20,000 agents today. So they have, four <laughs> they have four times the amount of agents. And they're bitching and moaning about less than 20,000 migrants a month. It's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. And you and I have talked about the fact when they went and they added an additional 10,000 border agents recently and how none of them were vetted and they they hired them very quickly and they didn't do the, the requisite background checks. And uh, and so now we have this very horrible culture within the Border Patrol because many shouldn't be there. But I mean, that's a whole other story for another day. And we've, we've spoken about that. So not only do we have, you know, a uh, Four times as many border agents, but we're seeing half as many uh, apprehensions as we were when you were a border patrol agent. So that's significant. Definitely. So even though it it is an increase over the prior year's uh, time frame too, it's nowhere near a crisis. And, and and the way you word that is important because the way they're wording it, you know, like on Fox News and all these these outlets is is they say. Oh, it's a 628% increase from, you know, last October. Well, last October, you know, was like, in, you know, in, in the middle of COVID or, you know, and people weren't crossing at all. And I know that a lot of uh, agents, especially the Chief Rodney Scott, will say in 1996, most of the people crossing were Mexican single males and we just voluntarily returned them which is an oxymoron, to uh, Mexico. And so there was not as much paperwork as there is with asylum seekers, except that right now in Texas, they are still under Title 42 expulsions for COVID-19. And that is essentially the same amount of paperwork as it was in my day for a voluntary return. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit more about Texas uh, specifically, because uh, Texas actually sued when Biden initially signed an uh, an order about about stuff going on down at the border to reverse a lot of the cruel policies under Trump's uh, administration, uh, including to put a pause on the deportation within uh, you know for a hundred days, but to pause deportations for a hundred days to so figure out what's going on, and. Uh, that was blocked because Texas sued. Texas said, no, no. Uh, when Trump was in office, he promised us that if you made any changes about border policy here in Texas, you had to consult with us first, which, first of all, isn't a thing and they don't have standing to do and it won't win in the court. But temporarily, there is now an injunction on Biden's pause of those deportations. And then, of course, we have Governor Abbott uh, working, you know, hand in hand there with criminally indicted Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton 
to block and and slow roll funding for testing for asylum seekers and immigrants and and so and then they then they stop the entire mask mandate in the state and open everything up 100% and then warn us that it's the Biden's open borders that are going to cause any surge in covid numbers in that state that risking the lives of Texans killing Texans to make a political point uh, a xenophobic, a xenophobic political point. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I mean, obviously we're going to need, uh, looking big picture down the road, we, we would love immigration reform, right? But we would have to either do it through budget reconciliation and it would have to be in 2022 because it looks like infrastructure is going to take up our second shot at budget reconciliation this fiscal year. Uh, and if we did it that way, otherwise we would have to kill the filibuster to get it passed. But there are a lot of these executive orders going out, and a lot of uh, lawsuits to block them from happening, uh, which will take time in the courts. But what do you see um, the successes are with the Biden administration at the border? I mean, if, if they're apprehending all these folks, I mean, isn't that a, a signal that it's, it's working, what we're doing? You know, what we're seeing the most, I think, with the Biden administration is the the failure and the absolute destruction of uh, of the asylum system, and and that's what a lot of the current administration is having to deal with. They 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 do have a lot of unaccompanied children right now, and that has presented a problem. I know that they just asked FEMA to come in and assist with that, and I think that's a great idea. But they also have the ability to, if they ask the local uh, NGOs around the air, area, the local charities and faith-based services to help. You know, when I volunteer at the at the shelters, commonly we get uh, groups of 300, 300 plus every day that the Border Patrol would drop off th- who went through the asylum process. And we manage with, you know, a handful of... Um, permanent employees and mostly volunteers to get them fed, get them new clothes, get them a shower, find out where it is they're going to, get all their paperwork together and get them to where they need to be within 72 hours to their sponsors. So I think if we can do it, I think the Border Patrol can do it with 20,000 plus agents and they still have the military down there. So um, I, I would like the Biden administration to to make some things more into law instead of just policies, because that's where we find that when you have somebody like a Trump administration come in, and even a lot of the past administrations that weren't as anti-immigrant as he was, when things are done simply by policy or executive order, that's that's when we see the most harm that's coming to uh, the immigrants that are trying to come across and claim asylum. Yeah, and probably the real border crisis is the Biden administration having to deal with mitigating the xenophobic culture that Trump and Stephen Miller uh, and and Dick Wolf cultivated during the last four years. And and I mean, how long could that take to fix? I mean, I mean, just the the culture in in the Border Patrol, ICE, DHS, et cetera. I mean, it's got to be that has to be the real crisis, right? That's the biggest task at hand. Yeah, and I mean that's really, it, and I don't ever want to say that the border patrol was not racist. Like it was, oh, it wasn't as racist when I was an agent, but it wasn't. I would say as it wasn't as uh, institutionalized and organized as it is today. What happened is after nine eleven, the anti-immigrant hate groups like the Federation of Americans for Immigration Reform and um, the Center for Immigration Studies, these are vir- virulent uh, anti-immigrant hate groups. They're white supremacist groups that pass themselves off as like PhD racist guy, you know? <laughs> and so they, yeah, they come with all these fake stats and all this. And what they did was they started meeting with the Border Patrol through their union representatives and they started giving them talking points. So all the verbiage that you see agents use today that Donald Trump used, that Stephen Miller used, that... Uh, Bannon used, all all of that comes from these groups. So the propaganda that you see coming out of CBP and the Border Patrol actually comes from hate groups. They are listed as, as hate groups 
under the Southern Poverty Law Center. And that is who is dictating and making the policy. And a lot of the members of those hate groups are now in the managerial administration side of Border Patrol and CBP and ICE. And they have to be they have to be gotten rid of. Yeah. And that that to me is the actual border crisis that we're facing. And you brought up propaganda. And I want to talk to you about a CNN piece, a video that went out and the origins of this video. And uh, I do have to take a quick break, though. Do you mind uh, sticking around? And we'll talk about that when we come back. No, no problem. All right, everybody, stand by. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this segment of the pod is brought to you by Helix Sleep. They have solved my sleep issues and given me restful nights once again. It's the most comfortable mattress I've ever owned. And I know some of you are sleeping on a mattress that's not designed just for you. You deserve better than that. It's time to give yourself an upgrade. And we all have trouble sleeping from time to time. Uh, but, you know, Helix Sleep recognizes that each of us sleep differently. And they customize the mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. So you're not sleeping on a mattress designed for someone else. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz online that takes two minutes to complete. And they use those answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. So if you like a mattress that's really soft or if you like a firm mattress or or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach, if you sleep hot, they, whatever it is, Helix, there is a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. But you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick for 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps without risk. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you definitely will. It is the most comfortable mattress I've ever owned. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to former senior Border Patrol agent and immigrant rights activist Jen Budd. Jen, uh, before the break, you had brought up a little bit, a little bit about propaganda and uh, on your Twitter feed this weekend, a very, very um, disturbing look at some video that CNN has put out. Can you tell us about this video, what you know about it? So I first heard about it on Thursday when uh, a friend of mine, uh, who she's the director of the Butterfly Sanctuary on the border over there in, um, where is it? It's McAllen, Texas, basically. But her name is Mariana Trevino Wright, and she um, she contacted me with this video that was originally, I think it was on a Facebook, is where she found it originally. And it was from a guy saying, hey, we're with CNN, and we're going down to the border. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, why don't they just go with the Border Patrol? Because the Border Patrol runs boats on the river all the time. And, and so I started looking at it, and the things that that her and I found odd because she knows the border patrol very well in that area was number one, that whole area is full of sensors and sirens and everything. So you can't get anywhere near that river without it going off. And, and, you know, some of the other things was like the smuggler doing the boat was in a mask and he was hiding, hiding his face, which was unusual. Um, the migrants were masked with brand new, brand new COVID masks, surgical masks, which I have never seen. In fact, the border patrol brags that, that smugglers don't care about migrants or people in Texas, the citizens, their health because of that. But here they are all masked up. That seemed kind of odd. And, and that the smuggler did not mind being filmed. And so we started kind of looking into it and what we found out. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, 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 wait. And that the smuggler, yeah. the felon smuggler didn't yeah. mind being filmed. That's that is mind you a cartel member, apparently, according to the border patrol who says this is a super dangerous area. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm rewatching breaking bad right now. And from what I understand of cartel members, they love to be videotaped by, by news outlets. And they like to talk to you when you roll across and say, ah, ha, ha, yeah. So we started, yeah, we started like they did. So we started looking at it, and and the very first outlet that we saw picked it up is uh, alt-right anti-immigration website known as Tripwires Triggers. And this is a guy who claims to have former, uh, he claims to be like some sort of te former Texas official in border, I don't know, border enforcement or something. I'm not sure what it is. Trip trip wires trigger. So so booby traps. Guy. Yeah. Okay. And he he's you know he's all gung ho and has a hard on for for anybody crossing the border illegally. And um, 
he got together with these guys that put it out on Facebook the night before saying, hey, CNN wants to go on a ride on our boats on the border. Uh, I have a boat, but I don't want a captain. And so he, he's got all these volunteers signing up. And and the thing is, is the article that was written on the trip wires triggers is actually written by a guy named Jason Jones, who does a lot of work for Breitbart. And that's an interesting connection because the U.S. Border Patrol Union's podcast is actually produced by Breitbart Studios, which, uh-huh. I don't know, seems like a problem for me to have a government, federal government union being produced by, you know, white supremacist media outlet. But at any rate, um, so then the first bigger outlet to pick it up was the Daily Mail out of the UK, which I'm being told is a right-wing, alt-right, we hate immigrants website. And that's how they portrayed it. Um, And then CNN somehow picks it up on Saturday. So the first time I hear about it is on Thursday. And then by Saturday, it's on Aaron Burnett's show. And, and, And what the CNN reporter said, who was Ed Lavendera, he goes, we stumbled across with our group, a group trying to, but it doesn't seem like it stumbled across because when you look at the Facebook post of the men, the white Texas civilian men who were into this, they're all geared up with bulletproof protection vests. They're all carrying uh, assault rifles. And note, the cartel members apparently, and the migrants didn't have any weapons. It was the white men on the border that had this. They're not border patrol agents. And and one of them, all of, well, all of them are taping their own videos. So there's a variety of different videos and different angles. And one of them, a person asks, so uh, this is a good guy. And, and he goes, yeah, he's a really good guy to let us do it kind of thing. And um, something about, I've done this seven times with him. And then the other voice says, do you hook him up ever? And he says, oh yeah, we hook him up all the time for this kind of stuff. So that tells me that somebody's paying him to do it because I've never seen a smuggler willing to be filmed like that, just doing that. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. And they greet them when they come across later that night the that same area north at a checkpoint they apprehended over 111 migrants so i don't know if these are the same migrants and the border patrol just let them across there's no way to get into this area without the border patrol knowing all the slips that the boats enter the river there are controlled by border patrol and so you have to have permission to get in there. And this is all from uh, Mariana. She knows the area very well. And it makes sense. It's within a mile of the port of entry. So that it all rings true as, as far as my experience. Um, but, you know, the problem, I don't have a problem if CNN wants to show something about right-wing extremists or anti-immigrant hate groups. But at no point does Lavendera or uh, Burnett say that this is who this is coming from. They just say, this is, our our group found this. Another, one more interesting point is, well, two more interesting points, actually. The video So so the CNN, the the CNN piece wasn't a story about right-wing, alt-right-wing, xenophobic, racist groups staging border crossings on film. (laughs) No, they acted like we got on it, we rented a boat, and look, 10 minutes, we found this group crossing. And that's just really rare to actually, even as a border patrol agent, I mean, and I understand I was a long time ago, and it was a different area, but even Mariana says she's never seen a group in all the years that she's been down on the border crossing. And I think I can count less than on, on one hand how many times I've physically seen people doing that. Um, but the interesting thing is before it, it hit CNN, representative, it was given to Republican representatives Chip Roy, who's a big fan and buddy of the Border Patrol Union, and also Representative Queller, who's actually a Democrat. He's called a dino because he's he's pretty much a Republican. But he also has a former Border Patrol agent on his staff. And, and when the press asked Queller, because he showed it at uh, a meeting that they were having about this, this sudden crisis that they're trying to say is a crisis and all this stuff, uh, he refused to say where he got it. 
And now he's actually, if you go to his Twitter site, he's made a campaign uh, video out of it. And he's showing them crossing women and children. And he's playing soft music and saying, we, we need to do something about this. And it's disgusting. You know, it, it, it's, it's, AG, it's disgusting because one of the people on board is a failed GOP Texas candidate, Tim Wilkins, who's, uh, you know, big birther and big Trumper supporter and, and really happy to be getting this video. And he says in his video on his Facebook page, he says, I saw a baby fall into the river. Well, why didn't you call the border patrol? Why isn't why isn't there a border star unit out there rescuing this baby? How come we don't see any border patrol agents? And CNN doesn't say anything about this. You know, you know, my question, even if I was like the chief of the border patrol or just the chief of this of RGB, you know, uh, I would be like, who is this in my area on my border filming this? Because it, it just they're just taking advantage of these people and if it was created just to get this shot i mean i hate to join the other side on on this cnn but that's fake news if that's what this is and i think they should answer for it yeah i i agree and and not, it's a big clue when they start making fundraising campaign videos out of out of what's going on we saw that with the with the trip to the church to hold the Bible upside down, with the, you know, the rubber bullets and, and tear gas on peaceful supporters during a Black Lives Matter protest in, in D.C. We've seen it with, I mean, you name it. Uh, it. It's been awful and a video has been made. It's been used for for fundraising purposes. And if they're fundraising off of it already, that's a huge red flag for me amongst the other 76,000 red flags that you've brought up about these videos. Well, I hope that, um, you know, we'll continue to stay on top of this. We'll continue to pressure CNN to find out, to, to tell us where they got these videos, where, you know, the source and, and, you know, what they were doing there and, and everything. And, and I hope that uh, you'll come back and join us um, when we get some more answers on this, because I don't, I don't think this is over. But uh, before I let you go, do you have anything else that you want to tell us about about um, what's going on down there? I think one more thing about this whole situation of the videos on CNN is that if it's true, according to the one video where the man claims to have hooked up the smuggler so that they could get this video, if if he paid, if these people paid the smuggler so that CNN could get this video footage, then everybody involved with that, with knowledge of that, should be arrested for for aiding and abetting and smuggling of humans. That's a crime what they did. And I don't care if it benefits the Border Patrol's propaganda or if it benefits, you know, uh, Representative uh, Queller's propaganda. Um, it's a crime. And frankly, Mayorkas and, and everybody else should be looking into it. Yeah, I, I concur. And I hope that we see some letters from some uh, Democratic Congress people soon to the Department of Homeland Security, ICE, Border Patrol, um, Department of Justice to look into this because it's um, it's if the, if that is indeed what's going on, it's absolutely unacceptable. And it's criminal, just like you said, that is conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, if there was a whole group involved in this. So thank you very much, uh, Jen Budd. I appreciate your time. I hope that you will come back soon, and I hope that you have a good week. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Life can be stressful and unpredictable, and it can throw a curveball or two your way. But remember, you don't have to face those challenges by yourself. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living a happy life, then I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional counseling to help you navigate challenges. And it's not a crisis line or self-help. It is professional, licensed counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist you can start communicating with in less than a day. And, you know, I've had my own challenges with PTS and anxiety and depression, and I know how important it is to seek help rather than to try to face it by yourself. And the great thing is BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. And you can schedule weekly phone and video sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches too, so they make it easy and free to change a counselor if you want to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And there's financial aid available also. So visit their website and read some testimonials like this one from CA, who says, Dr. Wilcox is a wonderful therapist. She's intelligent, kind, and caring. I have depression and 
and anxiety, and she's been very helpful. I am really blessed to have her as my therapist. She has helped me so much. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. It is the Ides of March, so we all need the good news. And uh, Dana, I'm excited about this one. I haven't scrolled through yet. I've, I've stopped kind of reading ahead of, yeah, the, of the good news. I'm afraid I'm going to, like, spoil some of the what the mutt um, submissions and stuff like that. But uh, if you have anything you want to submit, like what the mutt, where we guess your your mixed breed dog, or uh, what do we have? Uh, misheard song lyrics is always fun. If you have a dispute you want settled in Amy's court, uh, if you just anything, any questions you have for Dana or I, if you have a correction or a confession or just any good news, pictures of your happy place, pictures of your kids, grandkids, pod pets, whatever you want, do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Also at the bottom of the, that main page at dailybeanspod.com is where you can sponsor a patron for people who can't swing it. It's just 36 bucks, and they get a year's worth of premium feed, ad-free episodes, and access to all of our premium content. So you can do that there. And if you want to have one of these sponsorships, year-long sponsorships gifted to you, that's where you can sign up on the waiting list. So do it all. Do it all at dailybeanspod.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's let's kick this off with anonymous. No pronouns given. My good news is that since I was laid off due to COVID in early December, I have been volunteering with a local senior center. Since I'm working with elderly people, I'm eligible for my COVID vaccination. I just received my first shot today. This means I will be able to visit my brother who has been undergoing cancer treatments that started at the same time everything shut down last time, this time last year. I've been thinking about that a lot, you know, for all the folks who have been in hospital or have, you know, illnesses that they're going through that aren't COVID related that that are have to do it alone, you know, Ugh. Uh, for my pet tax and what the mutt segment anonymous says, I am pleased to present my friend Susia who came into my life as my brother's dog but fell into my lap. She and Ernie the cat have a grudging relationship, <laughs> as, the, as dogs and cats often do. But every once in a while, I will catch them in a sweet nap time moment. And we got to guess this breed, too. Okay, Aww. mind you, listeners, we have to guess this breed by a shadowed picture as well as a, a waist-down shot. We don't actually yeah. see what this dog <laughs> looks like. Um, <laughs> no. However, with those two, I'm going with Beagle Chihuahua mix. Yeah, I like Chihuahua, but I'm also thinking it's like a little corgi. Oh, that's possible. All right, let's see what we got here. I'm not sure what Susie's background is, but a man on a bus once yelled at me, "Why don't you just why don't you just admit it? She's a Chihuini. She's a Chihuini. <laughs> Chihuahua well, wiener dog. There you go. Those are so cute. What an adorable honey. We both got the Chihuahua. Yeah, we got the Chihuahua. So sweet. All right. Thank you so much for that. I'm glad you got your first shot. This next one's also from Anonymous. Pronouns are she and her. This is proof that sometimes being lazy can be a good thing. Thursday night, I was so tired, I decided not to wash the dishes and I went to bed early. I figured since there were only a few dishes, I could wash them Friday before I went to work. Now, Friday morning, I got up earlier so I could clean up the kitchen before I left for work. Unfortunately, there was no hot water. After a frantic call to the plumber, he arrived about three hours later. It turned out that the pilot light blew out and he showed me how to fix it. Now, the good news is that due to my procrastination on Thursday night, the problem was discovered Friday morning and not Friday evening. I learned how to solve a problem and a safety device, the natural gas shutoff valve, worked properly. Even better news is that my mother got her first COVID shot on Thursday. Woohoo! She's 86 years old and has cancer. Ugh. Her doctor got her on a no-show waiting list. Why? Why did it? Wait, why no-show? She sh Anyway. <sighs> okay. My pet pick is Joey, sound asleep on his back, with his head hanging down. To me, it does not look like a comfortable position, but he seems to be quite comfortable. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, yeah. That looks like when you wake up, you're just going to have a massive head rush, right? Because you're laying on the couch on your back and then your head is hanging off the side of the couch. So sweet. What a honey. Well, congrats on uh, oh, on your mom getting her first shot. And um, yeah, good job on the, on the procrastination. It can pay off. And I prefer, uh, I, I think instead of lazy, I prefer efficiency enthusiast. Just There you go. 
Yeah. Next up, Nurse Caroline from Kentucky. Hi, Beans team. Nurse Caroline here from KY. My good news <laughs> is my whole f- immediate family is vaccinated. Woohoo! Ooh. Even though I left the ER for telehealth due to pandemic fatigue, I was able to get vaccinated by volunteering with one of our local vaccination initiatives. My dad is a medical professional. My sister is a frontline worker with a high-risk condition. And my mom recently qualified by age. I'm so grateful, tearing up a bit as I write, actually, especially when so many people have not been so lucky. I also have a fantastic duh moment, which is unfortunately courtesy courtesy of my toxic ex, but it is still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Before we broke up, uh, during a time when things were not terrible between us, we were in the kitchen and he said, babe, those leggings are making your laurels look amazing. And he gave my butt a little squeeze. I exclaimed, my what? He replied, you know, your laurels, like your butt. (laughs) I stared at him blankly for a moment and suddenly realized it was because of the saying to rest on one's laurels. He thought laurels was a euphemism for butt. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We separated about six months before the pandemic, so I haven't had uh, to be cooped up with him. But another guy recently came into my life when I found him in the alley. See attached photos of him, Calvin Butternut, along with my almost 10-year-old girl, Luna Lovecat. Oh, great name. They are both remarkably affectionate and funny cats, but Luna is the lover and Calvin is the clown. I had to stop myself from sending 11 jillion pictures of him doing ridiculous shit, but I'm thinking about making him an Instagram. You should. Thanks for the news and swears. <gasps> oh, the kitten. It's a baby. Oh, look. In <laughs> the pocket. In pocket. You got a kitty in your pocket. I love an outfit with pockets. Oh, so sweet. Oh, I'm highly allergic to that last picture. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you so much for that and um, for the stories. I'm glad you're uh, with with better men now, even if they're hairy, hairy and allergenic. Um, All right, this next one is anonymous. Pronouns he, him, they, them. Loosely, guess what breed? I remember years ago, my friend told me this about her mother. Walking her dog, she met a woman with the most amazing looking dog she'd ever met. It was small, long body, pointy ears, long fur, and ends were red. Interesting. Something she has never seen, even while being quite knowledgeable about the dog circuit. Sounds familiar? Pause. Pause. Spoiler. She asked the breed, and the lady told us it was a mi- a mibrimu? You got me. Okay, I do. A mibrimu. Um, duh, everyone knows what a mibrimu <laughs> is. Uh, my friend's mother launched a search for mibrimu. Uh, this was before the internet. Library, friends, dog circuits, magazines, nothing. This must be the rarest breed on the planet. This is going to be funny, I can mm-hmm. tell. And she was right. Finally, she told her daughter about it, still longingly describing the most exquisite dog on the planet and the frustration not to be able to find an- anything about the elusive Mibrimu. My friend burst into laughter. She knew at once what it was. My equals mixed. Brie equals breed. Mew equals mutt. Mibrimu. <laughs> apparently means mixed breed mutt. The lady has adopted that as many at the time who were tired of giving the long explanation. God, that's funny. Allison and Pos- and the posse, my mental health, thanks for the good laughs. Hope this entertains you as well. <laughs> Mabrimu. Mabrimu. I it. Kind of a dog is a Mabrimu. And pre-internet, right? So you, you can't just... Oh my God, yeah. Hmm, probably took a while. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Next up from anonymous pronouns, he and him. Misheard song lyrics. When my wonderful daughter was two, Uptown Funk was getting heavy rotation on the radio. One evening, while out to eat, she started singing the repetitive, dramatic part about 75% through the song where they repeat Uptown Funk You Up, Uptown Uh Funk You Up. Well, my sweet little girl sat at our table singing loud and proud, Uptown, Up Down, Fuck You Up, Up Down, Fuck You Up. (laughs) (laughs) My my reaction was 50% shock and 50%, is she challenging me to a fight? There's really nothing more to say when your two-year-old in pigtails is shouting the F-word across a restaurant, so we abruptly paid and left. Sadly, we don't have any pets, but my daughter and I love geocaching. Oh, cool. Here's a photo from a recent trek when we saw dozens of deer. Ooh. Oh, nice. That's wonderful. How fun. Geocaching. What a cool hobby, especially during the pandemic, right? Just totally. Just getting out there, outdoors. Deer. Oh, yeah. Hello, deer. Awesome. Hello, deer. <laughs> Hello, deer. <laughs> That's my best, that's my best, uh, Mrs. Dapper. Hello, yep. dear. There's a drive-by fruiting. Yes. 
Uh, well, this has been wonderful. Thank you for all these submissions. Again, to submit uh, anything that you want to submit to us, just do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, we're going to get out of here, but we will see you Tuesday and Thursday on the Stereo app at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. Don't forget, if you haven't made your clocks right, make them right. My car clock, I never touch it, so it's finally right again. <laughs> the only reason mine's right is because it's actually computerized. Oh, well, mm, show yeah. off. No, trust me, it's the first time I've never had to change my clock (laughs) we'll see how long my stove is wrong i'll let you know nice uh all right everybody until tomorrow please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet i've been ag and i've been dg and them's the beans the daily beans is directed written and hosted by executive producer allison gill and engineered and edited by mackenzie mazell and starburns audio staff writers include dana goldberg amy carrero and allison gill our copy is written by jesse egan and our marketing manager executive assistant and social media director is kanai fact checking and research by allison gill dana goldberg and amy carrero our music is written and performed by they might be giants our web design and branding are by joel reader of moxie design studios and our website is dailybeanspod.com Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. Following the rules, making changes. You know, Being ethical and shit. In. I'm sorry, what? Being ethical? I know. Who the fuck ever heard of that? For the last four <laughs> years, we didn't remember any of that. I want to have a shirt. Just out here being ethical and shit. Oh, I love oh my it. God. All right, let's see what we got next here. Rosie here. <clears throat> Raphael is a certified loon. He's goofy as a damn cartoon. Betrayed our great land. We don't understand. Fuck you, Ted. Go back to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. See, this Woo! is what I'm talking about. The creativity. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what a piece I of have- shit. I am getting real sick and tired, too, of, of people on, on Twitter and the social media saying Texas gets what it deserves. No. Um, yeah. This is not the the spirit of the Democratic Party. I have been saying forever when, you know, when we win back the White House, when we win Congress, every American deserves health care, uh, access to education, um, it's just everything you put the ballot box right you know access to the ballot box everything every american deserves that no matter who you voted for and that's Mm -hmm. this that's what i wanted to set us that's what sets us apart from republicans